Oh, did you think that I forgot about you? Do you think that a week would have gone by and I wouldn't have dropped some type of a Sam Sports podcast where I spew all this lovely sports knowledge? Huh? Do you think that was going to happen? Well, you're wrong. So much happened this week. So many things, at least personally. I was working on the radio show. Did my taxes this week. Oh, I forgot to even mention, happy St. Patrick's Day today. Thursday, March 17th, 2016. It is St. Patrick's Day. So, I've come back on today's St. Patrick's Day to talk about the last couple of NFL divisions that I did not address in my um, off-season assessment. And now, after there's been all this NFL free agency movements, there's a, a little bit more shining of the light of day of what these teams are going to look like next year. So... It's been too long. It's happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. Uh, I went through each of the divisions in the offseason, at least before NFL free agency began, and I kept meaning to get to the last couple of divisions. There are still three more divisions that I need to talk about, the AFC North, the NFC North, and the AFC South. So that's a good 12 teams to, uh, to assess, and I can also discuss some of the things that have already happened. Um, one of the beauty parts about doing this podcast uh, this this far uh, into the game, I think the first podcast I did about NFL uh, offseason assessment was probably maybe two weeks ago. I don't care. I just love talking football and getting back on the mic. Um, you know, to be a little honest, I've been working on my radio show a lot lately, and that has a lot more structure. There's a lot more de- clearly defined, you know, like borders and, and things I need to fit my show into. Whereas coming on the podcast and just talking out my ass, I can say anything I want at any time. I don't need to worry about commercial breaks. I don't need to, you know, hopefully at some point, maybe I'll have listeners here. Uh, I know that I've got my my hardcore group of listeners, but I don't have the thousands of listeners that, uh you know, necessitate actually getting advertising on the show. Hopefully one day I'll have advertising, but until then, I just get to talk uninhibited. Um, so I'm just going to jump into, uh, let me pull up my little cheat sheet here I've got here uh, let's start off with the um, the NFC North so that's the uh, the Packers and the Bears and the Vikings and the uh, the Lions um, let's uh let's jump right into it let's get let's start talking about a little bit of the Packers Packers haven't made too much offseason news they're not big uh, you know they're not a big team that does a lot of offseason transactions it's just not their style uh, they re-signed Latroy Guyon and uh, Mike Daniels, some good defensive pieces. Uh, B.J. Raji is the guy who's kind of the odd man out here. It looks like now B.J. Raji is saying that he is going to spend a year out of football, so he's actually not even going to be playing on any team this season. Um, I think the Packers will be missing him. Uh, but the Packers are certainly excited to be getting players like um, – Jordy Nelson coming back from injury. Uh, a lot of their main core is still there. I think what they're what they're really going to be looking at is running backs. Um, the Eddie Lacy, James Stark situation. You know, there was some suspicion that maybe Matt Forte, after being cut by the Bears, was going to jump sit uh, jump ship and go to the Packers. Not really the case. Um, I'll talk about Forte when we start talking about the Bears. Um, but there's not too much off-season, you know, hubbub going on with the Packers. It's not their style. They're a team that's usually active in the draft, um, not a team that's big in free agency moves, uh, aside from locking up their homegrown talent and making sure they don't go anywhere. So, oddly enough, the Packers are not really uh, too exciting to talk about. Let's shift right to the Bears. So the Bears cut Matt Forte, longtime running back, one of their their great running backs that they've had for a while now, and... Um, 
they pretty much are saying that they're going to go with Jeremy Langford. So Jeremy Langford, the young guy who took over for Matt Forte when Forte had some injuries this season. Langford looked really exciting, looked very good, uh, certainly looked like he could tote the rock for the Bears and could fit right in there. He's younger, he's got less tread on the tires, and he's a cheaper option. So right away, there already began discussions of the fact that the Bears were not going to be bringing back Matt Forte. That came to a reality. They didn't bring him back. Matt Forte has now signed with the New York Jets. So he gets to go play with the Jets with uh, Bilal Powell and, um, I don't know, I got to find... Hey, Foxy, figure out exactly who the other Jets running back is, okay? Thanks, Foxy. Okay, the other uh, running backs are uh, Kyrie Robinson and Zach Stacy. So they went and they got Kyrie Robinson from the Saints. And then they also have Zach Stacy and Bilal Powell. That's going to be the backfield for the New York Jets along with Matt Forte. However, let's shift. Let's go back to the Bears. We're talking about the Bears right now. A few of the uh, uh, Bears um, defensive players are leaving. Uh, it, it probably a good thing that the Bears defense really since the retirement of Brian Urlacher uh, has really fallen off the map. They've gone from being a team known for having a nasty, nasty defense to being a team which was really more geared towards offense when Mark Tressman came in a couple of years ago, started having Jay Cutler really throw the ball around. Um, this team has shifted more towards offense, although it has not really equated to wins. The team really became inconsistent and was 6-10 and 10 last year. Uh, some of their defensive players were certainly to blame. Uh, Shea McClellan, linebacker for the Bears, just signed with the New England Patriots. Speaking of which, um, tight ends. So... Martellus Bennett has been a really good tight end for the Bears for several years now. Uh, however, he started to his play began to decline slightly last year. Then he had an injury, and then a tight end by the name of Zach Miller, not the Zach Miller who played for the Seattle Seahawks, different tight end named Zach Miller. Uh, he really stood out, played some great football down the stretch for the Bears, and the Bears rewarded him with a new contract. He's younger has more upside than Martellus Bennett. So they then turned around and traded Martellus Bennett to the New England Patriots. So there's another uh, offseason move for the Bears. They moved on from Martellus Bennett. Listen, I think he's a good tight end, but they also have a cheaper option with Zach Miller. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, let's, uh, I, don't, I don't think we need to dwell too much more. Uh, we, we go on and on about each one of these teams, but I'm just going to sort of hit each one of them. So now to discuss a little bit about uh, the, uh, the Vikings. Now, the Vikings had a great year. They, I surprised many teams. Uh, they won the division uh, pretty much on a big, big defensive. Uh, they're a defensive team. Their defense was the outstanding part of it. There was a lot to be positive about after the rookie season of Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he took a step back in his second season. However, I think there was a feeling that he was going to take a stronger step forward. Uh, that can really be displayed by Mike Wallace. They went out and they traded for Mike Wallace, a vertical threat, a speedster who goes down the um, the uh, the sidelines. But the truth is that the Vikings couldn't get him the ball. Very early on in the season, they tried to air it out to Mike Wallace. It didn't work. Uh, Mike Wallace really became a non-factor for the Vikings for the duration of the season as you started to see that their offense was much more predicated on Adrian Peterson running the ball and short dink and dunk West Coast offensive plays where they started to uh, utilize uh, rookies like Stefan Diggs, this rookie for the um the Minnesota Vikings, and really the consequence of that was they ended up cutting Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was just recently cut, and he just signed a two-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, not a particularly big surprise. They also, Minnesota's got to look towards locking up some of these younger defensive powerhouses who are very quickly 
becoming high, uh, very expensive commodities in the NFL. So they gave a lot of money to Everson Griffin. Uh, I believe it was last year. Some people thought it was too much money considering he hadn't really started as much as they thought. Uh, it turned out to be a great decision because Everson Griffin was a really impactful defensive player for the Vikings this season. To, continu to continue on that train of thought, Harrison Smith, Another great defensive young guy on the Vikings. He's a guy they got to lock up because he got injured for a couple of games this season and they really lost a step when he was not in the lineup. Harrison Smith, great young defensive player that they should really look towards uh, locking up, keeping on the roster. Um, at least, you know, he's not going anywhere now, but in a couple of years, you know, his price tag is just going to get more and more expensive. Um, I like what the Vikings are doing. I, I, I really was excited to see them be such a a defensive powerhouse. Kudos to Mike Zimmer. I really think he got a great opportunity. He's a great coach. He's been in this league a long time. Now he's finally getting a shot with the Vikings. And uh, it was just gut-wrenching to see them miss that field goal in the playoff game and lose to the Seahawks this year. What a hell of a game. So cold in Minnesota. They worked so hard. It was really, really painful to see them lose that game. But, you know, they're a young team. With any luck, they'll come back and they'll compete next year. And hopefully they can uh, steal another division title from the Packers. Um, finally, the last uh, team in this division, the Detroit Lions. So, biggest news with the Detroit Lions is that Calvin Johnson, Megatron, Megatron, Megatron's retired. He's officially stepping away from the game. Uh, not a particularly large surprise. There was a lot of rumors going around that he was going to do this. He wasn't um, shy about uh, sort of making that obvious to everybody. Um, and he went through and he did it. This is more a discussion about football players retiring before it's time, this real national awareness of the health issues and the health ramifications of playing football as long as these guys have been playing. I think Calvin Johnson certainly could have continued to play and play at a high level in this league for at least two or three more seasons, but I think that there is also a you know, uh, everyone's aware of the fact that, you know what, we can't play this game too long because you get older, you start having headaches, you start losing memory, you start forgetting things, you start being irrational, and the bumps and bruises and the aches and pains in your body. Uh, I mean, we saw this with, um, oh God, Foxy, please find out who was the, uh, uh, Chris Copeland, Chris Copeland, Foxy, never mind. Chris Copeland, the uh, defensive player for the 49ers, played one season last year and then retired. Uh, just clearly having a moment where he said, you know what, this is not... Uh, th this is not good for my health, and I'm going to you know, acknowledge right now in my life that I don't want to be playing this game anymore. And so I think that's what Megatron's retirement's really signaling. Now, it's also, from an on-the-field perspective, you know, how are the Lions going to move forward? So one of the first moves they made is they went and they signed um, uh, Marvin Jones, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, played some very good football uh, last year, missed a season the year before, but um, the two years ago also played some great football. This is another great pickup, I think, for the Lions. They picked up Golden Tate a couple of years from the Seahawks to play off of Megatron. He was a really good discovery. Um, now fitting Marvin Jones in with Golden Tate, that can be quite dangerous, and I think uh, the Lions have really, you know, Marvin Jones isn't as good as Megatron, but he's a damn good wide receiver, and you're already sort of slotting somebody in to kind of fill that role. So, you know, it's a good idea by them. I like what they did there. Um, Steven Tulloch, uh, I don't think they kept him around. He's been he's been showed the door on the defensive side of the ball. But on the defense, they did keep um, 
Haloti Nada. So Haloti Nada was traded there as part of the uh, Ravens deal. Ravens couldn't keep him last year because of cap issues, so he came to the Lions, and I believe the Lions gave him a two-year contract after this first season. It's another key piece that you're just you want to keep on the roster and uh, keep to look towards the future. Um, I still don't see the Lions winning the division next year. I'm Probably going to say it's going to be the Packers and the Vikings, the two of them fighting for the division title again. I think the Bears and the Lions both have a little ways to climb, even with good quarterbacks. Uh, to, real quick, just to uh, uh, touch back on the Packers again, a couple more uh, things to notice from the defensive and offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, Casey Hayward uh, pretty much escaped. I believe he was signed by the uh, New England Patriots. At, Foxy, find that out for me, please. Who, who signed Casey Hayward? Uh, Casey Hayward was signed by the San Diego Chargers. Foxy, do not talk into my mic. That is disgusting, man. You talking to your mic over there, okay? Uh, so Casey Hayward, another sort of key piece of this Packers team uh, that left and found money in greener pastures. I don't know if he's going to thrive as much in San Diego just because San Diego's had a lot of defensive issues on their own. Um, but on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers, I did want to mention they've got a great offensive line. However, they need to lock it up. They need to kind of sign these guys to longer-term deals. So the Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, like like these are guys, inevitably, you've got to think about giving them longer deals because you don't want to have some of these key guys who are helping protect Aaron Rodgers leave the team. Uh, anyway, so that's the NFC North. That's my assessment. Thanks for listening. Let's move to the AFC North. This team is a... Uh, or these teams can be pretty exciting. There tends to be a fair amount of drama with these teams, and they're good teams as uh, to boot. The Ravens, um, they reworked Joe Flacco's contract. Not a big surprise. He was paid colossal, absurd amounts of money after he won that Super Bowl. And even after he signed the contract, there was already a sense of, we need to be mindful of uh, how much money we're actually going to pay him in these later years of his contract. Specifically, the cap hits in this year and the year after it were just so astronomical that his deal needed to get reworked. They did it. They gave him some additional money. Um, you know, it freed up some additional cap room for them. Good for them. Kudos. Ozzie Newsom has been the GM for the Ravens for a while, and he knows what he's doing, even when they pay too much money to Joe Flacco. But the guy had just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Now, Dennis Pitta, injury issues. Great, great, great tight end, but we're now looking at two straight seasons where he has pretty much been sidelined with this hip injury. And I think I don't know if he's ever going to come back, but that's also going to be something that's going to be a cap hit. There's going to be dead money on the cap for the Ravens uh, if they have to deal with getting rid of Dennis Pitta, whether it's releasing him or if he retires. A um, couple more things to mention with them. They did just sign Mike Wallace, so they are bringing in some wide receiver help. Uh, I think that's a pretty good move for them. They're definitely going to need some additions in the secondary. There's been some guys back there that, you know, have been very... They Really, they've had a lot of injury issues in the secondary. You know, Ladarius Webb, you know, has torn his ACL twice. Um, they've really got to bring in some additional people to play on that secondary. I think they've signed a few people, but it's still something that is going to be troublesome. And... The Ravens are going to continue to do fancy footwork with the cap situation in years to come. They're just so cap-strapped. They've only got so many guys to go around. And, uh, you know, the positive is they're probably going to have a high draft pick this year after that poor season last year. After all of those great seasons for the Ravens, finally, they had to have a forgettable year last year. Joe Flacco missed the, the rest of the season uh, with an injury. Matt Schaub and Jimmy Clausen were, were starting for the Ravens. It was, it was pretty embarrassing. But it was, uh, you know what, things like that usually lead to a, a, um, a high draft pick, and that's what the Ravens are going to get this year. Now, the Steelers, the, the Stellars, the Stellars have had their own issues in themselves. Now, uh, Heath Miller retires. 
So uh, the tight end finally retires. He was probably, you know, he's been great for them his entire career. He was definitely losing some at the end of his career. But the Steelers didn't wait very long. They went back out and they, uh, they signed Ladarius Green from the San Diego Chargers. Ladarius Green had been the backup tight end for uh, Antonio Gates for the last couple of seasons, had played pretty well. However, even with Antonio Gates' advancing age, San Diego Chargers decided to reward him with a two-year contract and keep him. So Ladarius Webb decided to go out and get his own money. He signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually think that's a pretty good move uh, for someone to come in. Uh, Ladarius Green is a really nice replacement for Heath Miller. Um, Kelvin Beecham, great on the offensive line for them, although he's had some injury issues. He got scooped up by the Jaguars. So that's another guy that's going to end up leaving. Um, Shane McClendon, or, or Sean McClendon, I actually just got signed by, I believe, the Jets. So that's another defensive line player that's going to be leaving. They're another team that has kind of been in cap hell. Uh, they made some bloated contracts. Now, to their credit, and, and to their discredit, Pittsburgh has a way of giving too much money to guys who are a little bit over the hill, but they give it to them because they love them. Like Troy Polamalu, Heath Miller, some of these guys were huge fan favorites for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they just kept them a little longer than they needed to. They just were too loyal to them. In some ways, loyalty is great, but then this is something where it really bites you in the butt because then they don't have enough cap money to move around to sign some of the guys that they really need to keep on their team, and they end up getting stuck where they've got gaping holes on their team and no money to spend to fix it. You know, there's that sense of uh, David DeCastro, you know, can you, maybe you should sign him to a long-term deal, restructure Lawrence Timmons' contract. Like these are, there's a couple of awful contracts on the Pittsburgh Steelers' books that they really need to think about addressing. But from an on-the-field standpoint, they're going to have Levy and Bell coming back next year. They're going to have D'Angelo Williams coming back next year. They're going to have all the usual suspects. Um, on the you know in the in the wide receiver core they'll have Marcus Wheaton they'll have Antonio Brown now some big news to come out which happened just the other day is Martavis Bryant so Martavis Bryant has been a super exciting thrillster speed star I mean this guy has been averaging something like 20 yards a catch for the last couple of seasons he's just whenever he's in the game he's exciting well he got slapped with a one-year suspension by the NFL. I think it was substance abuse, probably smoking some weed, got caught, and now he is officially going to be out all of next year. So that's a key wide receiver who was playing amazing football for the Steelers. Now they're out this wide receiver. The positive is they've got other guys waiting in line to take his job. Marcus Wheaton, I don't think he's as good as Martavis Bryant, but he's been desperate to take that job for a while, and he is sitting there waiting in the ranks. He's going to jump right in, and uh, I don't I don't think it'll be the same, but I think that the Steelers, as always, they're still going to be dangerous. You know, they're a team, it's really hard for the Steelers to fall off the map. With a guy like Roethlisberger, with a defense like they do, you still got to be scared of them. Uh, let's shift to the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals had a lot of things to feel good about after this season, with the exception of the fact that Andy Dalton broke his thumb like three weeks before the playoffs, and they had to go into the playoffs again with another uh, uh, rookie quarterback, or not a rookie, but just a young, inexperienced quarterback. And then the way they lost that playoff game to the Steelers with all the the penalties and Vontez Perfect and nailing Antonio Brown, and I mean, it was all just so ugly, just, just so ugly. I really... I truly wish better for them. They they deserve better. They're a better team. They're hard-hitting. They play well. They just have had such poor luck in the playoffs. Um, 
couple things to be mindful of is, yes, they do have A.J. Green at wide receiver. However, both of their other wide receivers have walked. I talked about it earlier in this podcast. Marvin Jones and uh, has walked. He was signed by the Detroit Lions. Mohamed Sanu, who was the other wide receiver who played with A.J. Green, he just got signed to a five-year deal by the Atlanta Falcons. So both their wide receivers have been shown the door, or not shown the door, but were scooped up by other teams. Um, the secondary is something that they needed to focus on. Now, George Aloka, Young, exciting, very talented safety. They locked him up, gave him a five-year deal. Makes perfect sense. That's what they should do. Um, Some of the other key positions, though, I don't know if they're going to end up keeping him around. Like Pac-Man Jones, I think, got a deal, but I don't think Leon Hall has a deal now. These are all guys in the secondary who inevitably are probably going to get scooped up or just not signed. They're getting older in age. Um, Cincinnati is, you know, they're... They have some allegiance to their people, but at the same time, they're not idiots. They know that uh, it's when it's when a guy's got to go, he's got to go. Um, but I think that a lot of their key defensive people are, aside from the secondary, much of them are all still under contract and in place. You know, Vontez Perfect is—I don't think he's going to be—he's going to be suspended, I think, by the league. Um, but he's not going anywhere. This is definitely another team to be scared of. I think that the Bengals are probably primed to come back and make noise all over again. And they might even win the division all over again. It's uh, unless uh, Pittsburgh or Baltimore scares them at all. Which brings me to the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Can anybody be more mismanaged than the Cleveland Browns? This team is a complete joke. I just, I, I feel bad if you, I feel bad for them. I really want to root for them. But just come on, guys. Come on, guys. What the hell are you doing? Who are you talking to? Who's running this franchise? Who's in charge? Because you're firing the coach and the GM every two years. Coach, Mike Pettin, I thought he did a decent job in year one. He's fired. GM, Ray Farmer, who, it wasn't this past season. It was the season before that he got caught calling the the coach on the sideline and making decisions about who should be in the game. Both of them are now gone. The GM, the coach are fired again, which means this is now... The second time in four years that they've completely fired the entire front office and started from scratch. These guys don't know what the hell they're doing. Johnny Manziel has been a complete disaster. He's officially cut. With any luck, nobody else will pick him up. He's been a, he's, he's been a sideshow. Johnny Manziel is a sideshow. And, and, you know, there's been some discussion about the Dallas Cowboys picking up Johnny Manziel. I hope to God they don't. they got to be smarter than that. I think the, I, would, I would hope the Cowboys are smarter than that. Everyone else, you know, on the team, it's just it's, it's a matter of people leaving. you got Alex Mack, this great center who was on their offensive line, who clearly didn't want to be on that team. He opted out of his contract. He got signed by the Atlanta Falcons. He's gone. And the Cleveland Browns even saw this coming because they drafted Cameron Irving last year to be their center of the future even though he's not as good as Alex Mack. Um, Joe, uh, excuse me, Tashawn Gibson, uh, who's been playing on their secondary, he got scooped up. He's gone now. He's been, he was signed. By, hey, Foxy, find out who signed Tashawn Gibson, okay? Yeah, thanks. Tashawn Gibson was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, that's great. Thank you. So Foxy tells me uh, Gibson was signed by the Jaguars. That's the Jaguars going out and spending more money. I'm, I'm going to get to that division soon. Um, but that's the Jaguars, again, going out and spending a lot of money on some guys to really improve. That's that's what the Jaguars need to do. They have to blow extra cash on guys like this. They overpay them a little bit, but it brings them to Jacksonville. It's a start. Uh, so Tashawn Desha- Gibson is gone. They just recently, the Cleveland Browns cut Carlos Dansby, who was a pretty strong veteran player, but was just getting paid too much money and is another example of the older GM regime, uh, the new GM wanting to get rid of him. Uh, they cut Dwayne Bowe. Dwayne Bowe was an absolute disaster. He was signed in the offseason last year. They gave him a two-year contract. They gave him way too much guaranteed money. And he was 
He was benched this year. He couldn't even get on the field. He was so bad. As soon as the Browns had a chance, they cut him. They've shown him the door. I don't even know if he'll be on another roster. Um, and now there's this discussion about, uh, you know, who should come to the team? Who do they want? I think the biggest rumor going around is that Colin Kaepernick wants to come and play for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm not saying that this is true or false. It's just that's the rumor going around is that Colin Kaepernick is not as interested in playing for the 49ers as he is for the Browns. Now, it's quite a surprise that I hear anybody say they want to play for the Cleveland Browns, but Hugh Jackson is now the coach of the Browns, and Hugh Jackson is a coach I like. I do think he's a darn coach. I think he's a player's coach. I think he motivates his guys, uh, and he really only had one season as the coach of the Oakland Raiders where he went 8-8. Eight and eight. It was not a ba- and this is a terrible Raiders team. So, Hugh Jackson gets a terrible Raiders team, leads them to 8-8, eight and eight, and the only reason he was fired was because a new GM and a new regime came in, and they wanted to bring in their own coach. I don't think it had much to do with his performance as a coach. So I like that Hugh Jackson is getting another shot to coach a team. Uh, however, I'm just so darn skeptical about all the issues that they have both on both sides of the ball. So, you know, I I don't have the largest amount of optimism for the Cleveland Browns. I certainly don't think they're going to be winning the division next year. If I had to pick a division winner, uh, I would probably lean toward the Bengals. Again, possibly the Steelers uh, scooping it up from them, but I would probably lean toward the Bengals. Um, Anyway, so that's the AFC North. I think we we did a nice little tap dance in the AFC North. Let's get to the last division, uh, the only division I have yet to talk about, the AFC South, which... I discussed briefly uh, with my po- on my podcast with Sean Carey. He's a big-time Houston Texans fan, so we talked about the Texans. Uh, let's just start off with the Texans. So they made some of the biggest waves this offseason by signing Brock Osweiler away from the Denver Broncos. Woohoo! That was a big coup for the Houston Texans, scooping up Brock Osweiler, uh, signing him to a four-year deal right when the Broncos were desperate to have him. Peyton Manning retires. The seat is now finally ready and vacant for Brock Osweiler, and he jumps ship and he goes to the Houston Texans. Big win for the Texans. Also kind of gives you the feeling like what's going to happen with Brian Hoyer. You know, is he going to want to be a backup again? I I think he'd be willing to be the backup, sort of, if he's making decent money. But I think there are other teams out there who are desperate enough for a quarterback that they'll go get Brian Hoyer. And, you know, you could do worse than Brian Hoyer. That's all I'm going to say, all right? Other big news for the Houston Texans is they did cut Arian Foster. It was a real sad day. Single tear. You really have to feel it. It was, uh, I mean, he's just, he's Hall of Fame when it comes to the Houston Texans, and they had to let him go. They replaced him with Lamar Miller from the Miami Dolphins. I think that was a nice deal. He's a younger running back. He's got some... uh, you know, he's got some side-to-side movement. He can cut. He's not a he's not a one-cut back. He's definitely somebody who's got some athleticism and can find, a, a, you know, multiple holes, really break a tackle, and has got some speed. So I like that they brought in Lamar Miller. It kind of, he's not Arian Foster. He doesn't have the same sort of bulk as Arian Foster. I mean, you look at Arian Foster's thighs. This guy is like, chunk, 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 chunk. they're like pistons in an engine. So I think Lamar Miller, not the same size, but I think it's good. I think it's going to help that team. Um, They've definitely still got some questions, I think, on the secondary. They've been bringing in some guys to see if they fit. Uh, I don't know if it's going to inevitably be a perfect fit for them in their in their for their cornerbacks and their safeties, but it has to be something they've got to be sensitive to because, you know all of their talent is not going to stick around forever. So I I like the steps they're taking. They did win the division last year. They had a turnaround after the first half of the season, which was god-awful with Ryan Mallett at the the helm. Now, hopefully, Brock Osweiler, Lamar Miller can lead the charge. Maybe a 10-win season this year. I don't know. Just going to throw it out there. Um, 
Continuing with the AFC South, um, the te- uh, not the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts. So very disappointing season because of Andrew Luck's injury. For the first time in his career, he missed considerable amount of time. Uh, the team went eight and eight. They still almost scraped into the playoffs, but um, ahead of the Texans. Uh, but they, I've mentioned the Colts before. I'm very skeptical of a lot of their free agent signings. They are a team, um, a GM, Ryan Grigson, has come in, and every year he has made splashy free agent signings in the offseason, and almost every year they've backfired in his face. He has really, not that he's not drafting guys, but he is somebody who is willing to go and make a splashy offseason signing. Let's just go with last year. He signs Frank Gore. He's, the Eagles were about to get him, and he convinced him to come to the Colts. He signs Andre Johnson. Um, he signs uh, uh, Trent Cole from the Eagles. He signs Todd Harriman's. All of these guys were pretty much, I don't want to say they're over the hill, but they're all guys who are up there. Some of them are over the hill, some of them are not, but they're all up there in age and athleticism and ability. He, he signed all these guys in the past offseason. Todd Harriman's ended up getting benched. Uh, for his offensive line play, was poor. Um, Andre Johnson spent one season there, really underperformed, and has since been cut. So the great Houston Texan wide receiver spends one season with one of their arch rivals, and now he's gone. Trent Cole played pretty well, but he wasn't as good uh, as some of the younger guys on that team. So they're they're probably going to cut him. Uh, Actually, Foxy, find out if they cut Trent Cole for me, okay? They restructured his deal, and Trent Cole's still on the team. Okay, so that tells me Trent Cole didn't go anywhere, but Todd Harriman's was definitely cut. Uh, Frank Gore is, I mean, at least for now, he's still on the team as well. But this team is not afraid to go make, you know, poor free agent signings in the offseason, and they've done it before. They'll probably do it again. Um, Although with Andrew Luck and, you know, T.Y. Hilton and, and Dante Moncrief, I mean... They're still just so darn dangerous. Andrew Luck is a hell of a dangerous player. Um, they probably showed the most cracks in their armor this season than they did more than any other season. Uh, I still think they're the only other team in this division that's really going to be making a run at the title, uh, the division title uh, with the Houston Texans, which brings me to the last two teams in the division. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars because I actually think they have a little bit more exciting news to talk about. So like last year, Jacksonville went out and overpaid a few offseason free agents in an, in an effort to bring them in and, and coax them into coming to uh, a Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville is a smaller market franchise, because it's been really, really bad for the last handful of seasons, it's very difficult to get some of these free agents to come out there. So they've got to give them a little bit more money than they would get anywhere else. Now that usually draws them out there, and it also makes sure that other teams aren't going to overbid for them. So a couple of guys that came out, Kelvin Beecham on the offensive line came out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really like that signing. Um, They're also, uh, their number three overall pick, Dante Fowler, who was number three pick in the draft last year, missed his entire rookie season because he tore his ACL in training camp. He's coming back this year. So even though he's still recovering from an ACL tear, there's still this, uh, you know, this feeling of this this number three overall pick who's almost having a rookie season now. So it's kind of exciting for uh, the Jaguars to 
to kind of see this on the on the defensive side of the ball. He's defensive player. Did I say offense? He's defensive player, Dante Fowler. Number three overall pick. Uh, another scary defensive guy. Now, to help him, they also signed Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson, one of the scary defensive uh, players for the Denver Broncos who just won a Super Bowl. If you recall, uh, Von Miller got around and stripped the ball out of Cam Newton's hands. Malik Jackson was the guy who recovered the football in the end zone for the defensive touchdown. So, uh, Malik Jackson is another scary, hard-hitting defensive guy that is now taking his talents to Jacksonville. So Jacksonville is still gearing things up. They did overpay for Julius Thomas last year. These, um, they did cut Toby Gerhardt. Toby Gerhardt was a bit of a high-priced running back who they picked up two years ago to try to be their workhorse back. Toby Gerhardt, most notably the backup running back to Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. They cut Toby Gerhardt. He was a pretty big disappointment. TJ Yeldon, the running back, came in and um, TJ Yeldon, uh, has been the rookie who has really sort of toted the rock for Jacksonville last year. Uh, they feel good about having him in the game uh, more so than Toby Gerhardt. So enough of that. Uh, after last season, it was enough to say, you know what, we're ready to move on from Toby. And speaking of running backs, the the main free agent running back that the Jaguars brought in was Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory, hard-hitting running back who was with the uh, New York Jets the past couple of seasons and the Saints before that. Very hard-hitting running back. They brought him into Jacksonville. I like that. I think it'll be a pretty nice tandem between he and TJ Yeldon. Every year, teams are going more and more running back by committee, so you're getting into these situations where, you know, you got to have two guys. And then if either one of them gets hurt, the other guy totes the rock. Um, the one knock on Chris Ivory is that usually towards the latter portion of his seasons, he tends to slow down. His, produc his production tends to dip. Uh, so that's something to be mindful of. But with all the people that you have in Jacksonville, it's something to feel optimistic about. And they've got to keep improving that offense because last year the offense started to actually look good. Blake Bortles looked pretty good last season. You know, very, very quietly because Jacksonville uh, still is not a large market team, is not on national TV that often. I think the mainstream NFL fan did not clearly grasp how much of a step forward Blake Bortles and the Jaguars offense made last year. They were really throwing the ball a lot. They had a couple of games where they really, really ran the score up. Now, granted, Blake Bortles has a way of throwing interceptions, but his interceptions went down from his rookie year, and his touchdowns went way up. And there's some pretty damn good wide receivers on this Jacksonville team. Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Allen and Allen, these guys. Damn good wide receivers. Really make some heads turn. I can tell you on my fantasy football team, Allen Robinson was a uh, was a stud for me, and I was very thankful to have him as one of my starting wide receivers. Something to be thinking of for Jacksonville next year because Jacksonville, I think, is going to finally be in the mix and be scaring teams like the Colts and the Texans. Moving away from Jacksonville to the final team in this division, uh, no offense to any Tennessee Titans fans out there, but the last team is the Tennessee Titans. They tend to be the... In my mind, some of the least exciting teams to talk about in the offseason. Um, something to be mindful of with them. Uh, the biggest news they've made is they just traded for DeMarco Murray. So the Eagles wanted to get rid of DeMarco Murray. They got rid of him. They found a trade partner. The Tennessee Titans are taking him on for you know a six-pack of beer. They sent away some draft considerations. Now you've got a real running back on Tennessee. So since Chris Johnson left... Uh, they've really kind of been shuffling through people. They had Dexter McCluster. They had Sean Green. Um, last year, they had um, 
Bishop Sankey, David Cobb, Antonio Andrews. It's been a revolving door of running backs. So now they at least have DeMarco Murray. That's something to be excited about. Uh, Marcus Mariota, DeMarco Murray. Now you're start, starting to talk about a decent offense. Um, Delaney Walker, who has been a real revelation for them at tight end for the Tennessee Titans. I think hopefully they keep him or at least reward him with a nice deal. Um, the wide receivers... Now, they got a couple of wide receivers who are showing some promise. Uh, Kendall Wright has been fantastic as a slot possession receiver. This guy catches the ball. He's not doing long, deep passes. That's Justin Hunter's job. However, Justin Hunter had a decent season two years ago. His play has not improved. His numbers have dropped. And then he had injury issues last year. So you, you really didn't see him on the field too much. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham, who uh, came in as a rookie last year, really turned some heads. So what you started to see was Kendall Wright Doriel Green Beckham ended up being some of the more prolific wide receivers and pass catchers on the team. Now, another free agent signing, aside from DeMarco Murray, well, DeMarco Murray was a trade, but the free agent signing uh, that the Titans made some splashy news with was Richard Matthews, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Great, great possession receiver who really, really surprised people in Miami over the last two years. The Titans went out and gave him some money. Now, he plays a similar role to Kendall Wright. So there's a feeling that maybe Kendall Wright is going to be on uh, be his way uh, be on his way out the door um, and that Rashard Matthews is going to take the job. And a lot of that will become clearer as we get to training camp and as we get much closer to the season. Um, we'll see. I think there's still going to be a job for Justin Hunter somewhere and Kendall Wright somewhere, uh, specifically Kendall Wright. He's a very talented player, and I think another team will scoop him up. Um on the defensive side of the ball for the Titans, I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. I, I don't even actually have any real notes. Um, they've just got problems all over the field. They've got to get better. They've got to get better from a coaching standpoint. They've got to get a little bit more consistency in the front office. You know, the owner, Bud Adams, passed away. Now there's a real sense of who's in charge of the team. Um, they're firing coaches. They went through Wizenhunt pretty quickly. They've just got to they've got to get back on track, and I don't see them doing it next season. They're going to take a step forward. I think they'll have more than two wins or four wins, maybe five wins next year. Uh, and I think a lot of that's going to be attributed to Mariota. I think Mariota is a franchise quarterback, and he is somebody who you can really count on as being a guy who's going to carry you into the next uh, great era of Titans football, whenever that may be. I don't think it's going to be next season, though. Uh, I'm still leaning towards uh, the t um, the Texans winning the division, uh, but I think it's going to be close with the Colts. The Colts are certainly going to make a run for it like they always do. With Andrew Luck back in the lineup and healthy again, Anything goes. It's anybody's game. Woo! That was an awful lot. That's Sam Sports Podcast today. That's right. On a happy, happy Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, I had to do the podcast, had to talk about the last couple of divisions. I finally feel good. The last couple of weeks I've been saying, you know what? I got to get on the mic and I got to do the last three divisions. I just haven't spoken about them yet. I got to rip them apart. It's a little bit easier now that the, uh, you know, the free agency has started and there's some stuff to talk about. But I appreciate everybody for listening. As always, find me on Facebook at Sam Sports Station. Find me on Instagram. Uh, find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Google Sam Sports Podcast. You can find me there as well. Please reach out to me, email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. It's real easy, guys. It's simple. And listen to me on the radio, local Philadelphia radio, 610 AM ESPN radio in the Philadelphia area, or 
If you're not in the Philadelphia area, go to 610amsports.com to listen to me over the internet live. So if you're in California and you want to listen to me live on the radio at, um, let's see, 7 a.m., you can go to 610amsports.com, click listen live. You will hear my radio show live and in person, baby. Um, so listen up. I, I love the fact that you're listening. Send me questions. I love mailbag questions. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear your thoughts. I love you guys so much. We'll be talking real soon. In the meantime, enjoy St. Patty's Day. Oh, ta-ti, ta-ti, ta-ta, ta-ta. See you later there, kitties.